0: You talk about it privately. We talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Twiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Keith, tell us all about Rich Swire.
1: Yes. Today, we are going to have Rich on the podcast. We're going to dig in with him on lead gen because he's a wizard at it. We might talk end of days with AI. Heartfelt (laughs) story about how and why he started one of his companies and just an overall genius, in my opinion, when it comes to residential real estate, the math of it, the science of it. Uh, Looking forward to this conversation.
0: Rich, welcome to the show. We are excited to have you here. Uh, I know that When I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, you have quite an extensive uh, background in real estate. You're currently the founder and president of Roof. Um, But I thought we'd start out with, uh, Keith shared this really interesting story about how you got into the residential real estate space because of your daughter. So share a little background on that because I thought that was a really interesting approach to this business.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, my background is mostly in, you know, building software businesses. And so I have a passion in, in the innovation space and my daughter got into real estate uh, very early, you know, at the young age of, like, 19. And, uh, you know, just knowing my daughter and, you know, her kind of work ethic, which is yet to develop, I, I guess is a nice way to say it. Um, I man, said, you know. You probably... hope she's not listening to this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, she probably is. So that's... Yeah. This yeah. is where she spends her time, on the internet, mm-hmm. watching, you know. <laughs> Amazing
1: content like this right here. Sure. So so your daughter was early in the business. That's yeah let we'll it we'll edit that other part. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. you decided.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I said, you know what? Uh the likelihood of succeeding, you know, it's a very tough space and it takes it a lot of energy and work, as we all know. Um which is, you know, uh something that again, she probably needs a little help in. So I said, you know what we could do is uh I thought I was going to build something that could help her really kind of drive leads and, and get her business going because as a new mm-hmm. real estate agent, there's really it's very tough. Uh, you know. And, and she has a few friends, and she has a good sphere of influence, but but ultimately she's young and, and uh, needs a little support. So we started working on this idea of just building out what I call a lead conversion funnel, for, but most people don't even know or care what that is, but ultimately um, helps drive leads to her so that she can close business without with minimal effort, I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. I won't word, use the word lazy. Or distracted but yeah you know.
1: <laughs> well yeah what but i mean i i think we're, we were going to dig into this anyway yeah. but first of all i love that you're there to help your daughter i've got uh, a couple that are Agreed. in my life yeah so uh yeah, and we'll make great. sure we put your email address yeah, yeah, in the show notes so that if anyone wants to get adopted oh yeah. this, is, this is when she
2: got her real estate license right
0: there <laughs> by the way that's the age of the photos most realtors use on their business yeah, cards yeah, still yeah. today that's So, so that is anything right. different. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, right. yeah.
1: <laughs> So you'll be flooded with adoption paperwork as soon as this bed drops. But I also think, and you and I have actually talked about this offline a little bit before, but there's this sort of disjointed nature of late funnel leads. And Mm -hmm. what the industry is used to is sphere of influence and open house and things where people are very late cycle and with the internet and online leads it sort of create they're at the tippy tippy top of the funnel there in the i'm starting to maybe think about thinking about it phase talk a little bit about that disjointed nature of the industry and the online lead space and how those two fit together
2: yeah so i mean the best way to put it is there's a giant chasm between mm-hmm. um what we call a lead uh in the world of the internet and what I think real estate agents or, or most sales reps would call a lead, right? So, right. you know, there's there's a difference between marketing and sales. And when we've, well, I grew up basically in the world of lead conversion and what became kind of known as, you know, um, the conversion funnel, which is kind of the standard way of, of marketing any product, uh, real estate being included on the web. I mean, one could say the internet is just one big giant funnel at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you know? Yeah. and. And learning that system is very difficult, and under and having the patience and understanding how to move leads through that funnel is extremely difficult. Um, and that's why there's people that make millions just teaching classes on this stuff. But ultimately, you know, real estate's an interesting spot because um, it does follow kind of the natural progress of what a lead conversion funnel is meant to be. But it's just a very long time. You know, mm. instead of nine days or nine hours or nine minutes. In many cases, like you sell widgets on Instagram in nine minutes, right? You right. they see an ad, they're scrolling, and they go, boom, I'm going to buy that pair of shoes, mm. but with the uh, you know with the lead cycle being such a, elongated with real estate, it does pose problems, and I think that's what is mo- that
0: what is that time frame now? Just curious. What is that? What is the kind of we're time seeing? We're looking? You
2: know, we're seeing nine to twelve months. You know, there was a point in time it was closer to six months, three to six months. You sure, know? but you know, when you're talking about the whole life cycle of a lead, you know, it's kind of curvature of, of you know, from where somebody starts clicking on ads or clicking on content, and then you're tracking cookies and you're matching those cookies with with a person's identity at some point, getting them through, filling out a form, and then eventually, then you're about three to six months from them even thinking about buying or or hiring an agent. Hmm. Um, And then, you know, there's another three to six months tack onto that, the actual, okay, I'm working with an agent, I'm actually buying or selling my property. And of course, there's like things that are, you know, when you're selling a property, there's things like timing of that is like, well, I can't sell until my kids get out of school, or, you know, there's all these other factors that are out of the control. And then now with a tight market, um, you know, you, you typically have this buy-sell kind of overlap, right, where mm. I need to find a property to buy that's reasonably priced before I sell, and interest rates and things like that kind of muck it up too. So, sure. you know, there's just the dynamics is, is a long time. So what we tell or what I say to people is, listen, the thing you need to focus on, if you're an agent looking to get into the online lead space, go in with the thinking is, I just have to build a funnel. i got to build a massive funnel with mm. so much stuff at the top and I just have to wait it out. And it will start trickling down using just kind of best practices. But they don't go in that mindset. They go in almost thinking, I'm buying bottom-of-the-funnel leads. And then they get frustrated after 60 days, and then they abandon it.
0: Yeah, and- isn't, it, isn't it even on some of these ones like with um- – you know realtor.com's ready connect concierge or zillow you know mm-hmm. flex they're they're incubating it on their side and then doing a, a live connect but even those conversion rates are as high as like five six percent at that even in that portion of the funnel am i inaccurate it's, with that i think i'm fairly accurate with that number somewhere yeah there.
2: and you don't know how long they've been nurturing them and how long they've, right. uh, they've been going mm-hmm. on you know i've 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 talked to people you know um i've got good connections with like you know the founder of ob city michael and, and we've talked to people from ideal agent and all these you know all these different Services that are doing basically what you just described, this middle of the funnel activity, um, it, it just it's it's you don't understand what's going on and how much effort. So when it's finally handed over to the agent, they think it happened overnight, but in reality, right. it's been months right. of nurturing. You know.
0: So that may, I'm going to leave that to another question. So there's a lot of controversy about you know paying for these leads at a at a, you know a, whatever they want to call it success fee. Let's call it referral fee, what mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, 30 to 40%. And I get that. Like, I understand what that number is, but part of me has always sat back and I've probably, you know, spent a lot more time thinking about this and just working on the side of the business I'm going, well, how long did somebody spend to incubate that into, to your point, into an actual tangible person to speak Mm -hmm. with that, you know, there's, there's time to find them, time to get them, time to incubate them work them, call them, nurture them, and then mm-hmm. turn it into a live connect. And I think kind of what your point is, is that agents are obviously trying to just get to the next deal. And so there's not, almost like there's not value in all of that that went into it in perceived value all at right. least.
2: I think there's a general, uh, it's a black box to most agents. And so mm. it, it's it's hard for them to put value on something. So when you're saying, oh, I want 25% or 33% of your commission. The immediate reaction is, "Oh, wait, what are you doing? What exactly?" Because mm-hmm. if you don't know what they're doing, then it's obviously hard to to put value on that. But what we see, it's it's on average, uh, and this is how it's been. This is the playbook that we've been ta- I've been talking about even before I got into the middle of the funnel side of the business. I was doing Legion with these other uh, my other ventures, and it's 20 touches, it's calls, it's text, it's emails, and it's it's solid 30 day. You know, heavy intensity on that first lead, and then of course you have to buy the leads, right? You have to pay, somehow get the lead into the funnel to begin right. with. So right. So it's not just a capital investment that you're putting into it, but there's an amount of time and energy that you're putting into just nurturing these businesses mm-hmm. or these uh, leads to get to a point where they're. So I mean, that is a non-zero amount of energy and money that is quantifiable, and the question is, what is it for an agent? Is it worth paying that up front? and being you know and actually having to do that work or is it just Mm -hmm. better to pay on the success and it's kind of this like balance i don't think anybody honestly has figured it out to what it will i don't think anybody is doing it the way it will be done is my Mm. point like we're still so early Hmm. there's people that are going full success fee but they're not going to they're not going to survive the downturn um and they're already struggling and i would argue that they were struggling to begin with even in the
0: in the in the good times you're talking about the portals themselves that are doing well like portals this.
2: and then also just these other mm. pure plays like mm-hmm. Op cities and, and ideal agents and home lights and you know even myself you know with with roof it's we're still figuring it out because nobody's really been through the cycles mm. so models might work well in certain like i buyers mm. for example which is a completely <laughs> more yeah. extreme cycles yeah. cycles will will determine survival rate so and this is one of the reason why brokerages and agent models have survived through both cycles is because it has that flexibility Mm -hmm. and there's innovators that come along that can adjust but ultimately survive because you can be big and small and still do transactions but these the ones that do the middle of funnel stuff you have to be pretty sizable to make it a a fluid business and that's a challenge and i think we're going to see a lot of that um, innovation start to happen at a faster Mm -hmm. pace over the next two years because of that cycles um, so can I pressure. say what
1: I heard you say and then you tell me what I got yeah. right and wrong? So like the CapEx of a call center, right? And yeah. you can't, you're not going to start a two-person call center. right? It just doesn't make sense. You got to start a 22-person call center, right? And the spend on the leads and the all of the costs that are associated with tilting up this mid-funnel it's solution heavy. that you're going to charge yeah. a referral fee for. While that might work when sales cycle is compressed in an ultra white hot market where Mm -hmm. everything is cycling through with more speed, now we're in a different market, things are taking longer, buyers getting cold feet, buyers and sellers both just stopping for a period of time. So no one's making a decision Mm -hmm. because of pace of interest rate change. All of, but they still have those fixed costs and those things and you have costs. A, and yeah you
2: have agent uh you have agent churn which is a massive problem mm, so you have sure. agents mm. we're referring we're referring deals to agents and they're like oh no you know what i couldn't make um, my rent check so i'm not an agent anymore it's like well wait a minute what about those five leads you're working right and that's
0: why or, and those you've those seen five thousand
1: we've sent you right right exactly like, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: and is that yeah. is that a good reason why you're seeing teams becoming like the dominant thing that these you know a lot of these i mean for like you look at zillow flex they only work with teams the end like it's literally big powerhouse teams that i guess to your point now that i thought about it that Mm -hmm. way it's like there's longevity there there's there'll be agent turnover but the team isn't going to go away the team Um, might go
1: from eight agents to four but it's not going to go from an agent to zero right (laughs) right well and the team maybe the team and maybe we're we're uh we're think tanking this out loud but i mean maybe the A team has a lot of different, I mean, just trying to define what a real estate team is, we could spend Mm -hmm. 30 minutes talking about that, but it allows the scalability up and down some of that flexibility um, so that the lead continues to get worked and mm-hmm. is enduring in that approach. Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess when you think of a team, the best way I could describe it is that they're serious. They're, they're running it like a business. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and, and, and so there's some longevity departmentalized. There's, some, there's assurance there that, mm-hmm. that they'll survive the lead cycle. Um, and there's a bunch
1: uh, of non-team agents that that's the truth, right? They've been doing it for 20 years. They've ridden up and down, down cycle. Like, yeah. They, you know, the, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. That's a really so good
0: point. Here, here's one. So a lot of, we hear all the time that agents go online leads suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very technical term but that's yeah. what you hear no um, i learned that one in business school <laughs> yeah we we both got that um mm-hmm. and you know and i guess i guess my question is if we're selling on average about 5.3 million units granted will be down this year but we'll go with the average over the past 10 years which is about that number and lead gen continues to go up meaning there's more and more leads you know is that is it coming from the fact the same person inquired on four websites and now four websites are incubating the same lead and they're passing it off to people. And I mean, I get, I'm not aware where I'm going with it. Other than I think there's some validity to the fact that people go online lead gen sucks because I'm just dealing with people. I'm chasing my tail and I don't know where it came from. Is there truth to that? I mean, what's your take yeah, on. I'll ask
1: even a little more directly. There's something like 20 million online leads, but only 5 million transactions. Sure, there's a so the number. Yeah. What the hell's going on there? What's between the 20 million and the five.
2: Yes, well, I mean, I think, I think if you were to kind of say, if from a real estate sale, if I was a sales rep uh, you know of any product, it doesn't, mm-hmm. real estate is not immune, to, uh, is is not unique in this scenario, and I was to give my guys marketing leads uh, to sell, they would say they suck, right? right. Um, <laughs> that's and so that's think, been the sales think, since think, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross, right? right. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. and that's the bottom line is that when you have when you give somebody top of the funnel leads or marketing leads that have yet to be qualified. They absolutely do suck because you, you have to work a lot. You know, the ratios are not there. What I learned, you know, over the last 10 years is it is math. Um, mm. And what I tell, you know, agents that I work with, I was like, listen, it's math. And it's it's some percentage of these leads are going to convert down to the middle funnel. And some percentage of that's going to convert down to the bottom funnel and some percentage of that. And I know that because I, you know, one of my backgrounds and what I what I use uh, on a day-to-day basis is, is a, a concept called predictive analytics, which is just basically saying past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. So we run models. So we go back and we look at leads that we predicted to sell. And lo and behold, some percentage of them actually did sell. It was just a matter of time um, and energy. So I think when you talk about the number of leads, certainly there is a a dynamic there where people are looking at two or three different, different sites and they fill out their information and there's some duplicity there. And or dupli- du- duplication there um you know just like cars you know most most people buying cars go to four or five dealers it's mm-hmm. probably not the same from an agent perspective but certainly now that most of the leads are going through these portals yeah. certainly they're using
1: multiple portals right it's probably not four to five but it's probably more yeah than one, and right? then right? Yep.
2: and i think there's probably you know there's there's an element there of course where you have um you know a lot of people who are quote-unquote buyers you know those wishful buyers that are mm-hmm. kind of going in sites and going hey i would love to live in you know California and then they have this realization that it's expensive but they, they still shop you know there's yeah. tire
1: kickers or the Californians but, who are loving to see what yeah. a million bucks would buy somewhere yeah. else right yeah exactly. all it
0: takes is a pandemic and everybody wants to move right. and That's search online real estate exactly, you know right. and, and everybody's
2: yeah. early retirement there's other dynamics but um but yes I mean I think one of the things that I think when you look at leads going from leads suck to these leads, leads are are good <laughs> is that that process that non-zero amount of work and effort has yet to be really truly um product right yeah, yeah and pro- yeah. well yeah productized i mean people mm-hmm. who are in the bu- business know like okay this uh, is work yeah when you're when i'm doing online leads i got to work it and there's a small percentage of those leads that are gonna actually end up being deals and uh, hopefully my roi is there um but the rise of google the rise of facebook um all these components have brought brought that to the to the front and i think what's happening now is you're starting to see the beginning of what used to be, my neighbor used to call me or my friend used to call me as a real estate agent, they're going to Zillow, they're going to Facebook, they're going to Google first. Mm-hmm. And because online leads are the first mover, the first in the door, they are winning a lot more deals. And so I think it's gonna force agents to, to embrace it. Okay.
1: Do we you got see- an let, me, let me ask a quick question first, yeah. James. Uh, it, the, is there a mint, like I'm gonna go ultra tactical for just a second, let's pretend I'm an agent listening. Is there a minimum number of online leads big bucket you know generic quote online leads but like if i had 10 that's not enough right that's not a is there in your mind in your with your experience like either don't spend the money or don't stop spending the money until you get to blank number of leads is there some critical mass
2: yeah so statistically yes um, what we try to tell people is you want at least to have 300 300 okay. leads before you start seeing statistics come into play and then before you can make a then you can actually make a, fun, mm. a a fundamental decision like oh hey i only got one listing out of that how much did i pay for those 300 leads mm-hmm. do the math and like all right do i want to really continue or not
0: and but, i'm assuming they need to have a crm to follow up with that and like they need to have processes in place as well to make sure there's a follow up mechanism to convert correct or 100%. no yeah 300
2: yeah. leads 30 touches and it's probably you know now now i used to say six to nine months before you start seeing roic but i mean now it's 12 months so Mm -hmm. so if you're going to be part of a program what i would cross reference that is say all right well this program give me 300 leads Mm -hmm. will give it to me in the budget that i'm willing to spend you know Mm -hmm. and then will it um does it have a system or do do i have to go build a system that allows me to do 30 touches and when i say 30 touches like it it should have some phone and and other components in there. That's that, over the that course
0: are, of a year, to be clear? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, you're going to compress the touches. So early, like just, right? Let's just just say fast, early. Yeah. Simple math would be 30 leads a month, mm-hmm. and those 30 leads need to be touched at least 15 times that first 30 days, and then you nurture them over, and then you kind of waterfall the nurturing. That's kind of the program that I've in seen. And conversion,
0: typically, what would be a normal conversion rate on that? Just like you're looking, for, is it 1%, 5%? Like what like is a, what is it a reasonable re- number in there that makes sense for someone?
2: tough because markets <laughs> mar- mm-hmm. i would say if you're just kind but of going in a, a mid a mid-tier market not like multi-million dollar houses yeah. kind sure. of thing mid-tier market yeah you're probably out of those 300 yeah you're probably going to look at getting i would say three to three to ten listings wouldn't be crazy mm-hmm. um and that really does depend a lot on other factors like
1: so that's one uh, to three percent roughly
2: yeah i would say like, i've seen agents I see the agents perform at a, at a two to 3% in a market where there's a lot of high turnover, of turnover decent and turnover. they, mm-hmm. and they're really good agents and they really have a solid, you know, um,
1: call to action and a plan. You know, but, the part I think that you said that most people fail at and it's interesting because it's so counterintuitive to how most residential real estate professionals think is you said in the first 30 days, you've got to touch them 15 times. Yeah. Right. So that's every other day, whether it's a call, a text, an email, or something right. every other day for 30 until days. Until they and,
2: tell you they're ready to go or, or until or, they tell you to, to or, go, 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 down sand. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Right. Right.
1: right. So I, I think that like that mindset is just so, so if you're an agent and you're listening to this and you don't feel comfortable with that, don't spend money on leads, period. Or or have somebody else do it for you. Or have right? someone else do it for you, right? Which is with, kind like, of what,
2: back to your point earlier, James, piece. which is kind of what these middle funnel players right. do. They're doing the work. And that's why they want the yeah. 25 or 33% because mm-hmm. they're like, man, we're really working our butts off here.
0: But yeah. this is a simple math equation to your point. This is just, yes. what is the cost? Yep. Do I have the system to follow up? And what is my conversion? And if if you know if, if you make more money than you're spending, I'm making what other comment is? Then you're you're ahead, and people always have to remember that as long as you can follow up with these people correctly, right. these become clients. You can get referral business. So there's a there's a there's a factor in there that I think sometimes people forget when you yes. get business. There's an inherent cost and and a potential profit, yeah. but you also have to factor in things down the line. I, yeah. I guess I, my my point
1: that I just want to pin this into the ground because I think it's the biggest disconnect from the industry to online leads is. Working it correctly, James, you are a hundred percent right. I don't think there's too many agents who would say if you ask them what's the correct way to work an online lead, very few would say fifteen touches in thirty days. Oh, for sure, right? Yeah. But the reality yeah. is that is that's 100%. the truth, right? Yes. And so that mm-hmm. starting there, you solve that, and then yeah. you might say, well, online leads might not suck. I just don't want to work that hard. Fair, no problem. Go talk to the thirty percent guys, or the forty percent guys, or the fifty percent right. guys. Right? Yeah. Right. That's the that's the ruthless business logic that they need to do for themselves so it's i wanna, a, it's a completely
2: different animal for sure right
0: right mm-hmm. so i want to i want to take us down the road of uh you know ai machine learning some of these things i know this is a i know mm-hmm. you have a uh you're you know, dabbling—I shouldn't say—you're actually quite involved in a lot of this stuff. Elon Musk says AI is going to kill everybody. So, you know, where does where where does that fit in? Kind of joking here, but where does that fit into the future of these conversion rates? What do you well, yeah. see? Or is this how being can I use help? AI
1: to get rich before it kills me? Yeah, that's before it kills me, yep. yeah.
0: Like, so tell us, go go down that a little bit with just what are you seeing? What's new? What's interesting? Like, where where does this take us from a you know from the lead side and in, in conversion and helping agents?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, uh, what you guys are doing here with the podcast, I mean, kind of defines message as medium, right? Um, mm. The idea that you guys are doing content is key, right? Content is something that I think agents are a little bit uncomfortable with. I mean, obviously, the MLS is a, a, a giant mountain of content, but expanding on that content mm. is kind of key. And AI is a great way to lever, um, in, in this first phase of AI, I would say, it is, it is a machine that can create content and good content, and I think mm. I, I spoke about this at, at the conference. But the idea that a, agents should be leveraging right now, uh, specifically like ChatGPT, which is kind of the yeah,
1: everyone's of, know, kind of the leader it, of this. It's the brand. It, it, that, that's the Kleenex. It's of, amazing. Of AI. Yeah,
2: it's amazing yeah. what it can do. We have agents that use it to generate um, uh, emails uh, out to, to 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 nurture their leads uh, within our system. Um, at Roof we, we generated over 100 templates using ChatGPT for specifically following up with our lead for conversion funnel system so when you're talking about like I need to create great content whether it be a blog whether it be quite honestly anything or you 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 need to embrace this in order to kind of advance and, and accelerate I think the way you communicate with with your audience um, that's first and foremost and then it's going to be um, part of every piece of software that anybody's going to touch within the next year. So whether they like it or not, it's going to be in their CRM. It's going to be in this, what we're doing here. It's going to mm-hmm. be, there's going to be AI that 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 automatically edit this podcast to optimize, you know, readers. And it's going to be nuts. It's going to be uh, mm-hmm. not not too similar to what we experienced with the growth of e-commerce was kind of the second phase of the Internet. And social media became kind of the dominant um, force, this next phase of the Internet and online um connectivity is going to be driven by ai is there and any so fast
0: does it i'm and i don't even know what questions to ask i know keith has opinions here I, but is yeah, it, I'll does go. it does you, it just you go first i was just gonna say does it take the personalization eventually out of it like if i know i'm talking to a damn chat box i'm like okay i'm done <laughs>
2: i think it's gonna it's gonna make it feel more human than you realize and i unfortunately believe that there's kind of meet in the middle effect that's happening because as much as we believe that we are um, in complete control of how we communicate, We are living within the confines of the tools that we have, and we sure. are starting to communicate differently, right? Like texting and you know, now nobody even talks, right? Because it's mm. just easier to text or easy to snap or whatever, you know or, or post an Instagram. So we are kind of uh, we're're we're, we're in a, in essence, understanding how the efficiency of talking like a machine is helping our lives, and then we're kind of embracing it. So it's weird to say that the AI, is a weird thing because we're kind of moving faster that way than that it's moving this way. But but all in all, I think it's going to be an enhancement and make things way way more efficient than we realize. And then eventually the the threat of it, I think, which you mentioned with people like Elon and others that are kind of scared of it, is that it can have a massive impact on areas that we're not necessarily looking at. Like our obvious right. places, like we're looking at businesses and housing and mm-hmm. jobs. But that's probably the last thing it's going to really... Uh, ultimately, make make major impact negatively. I think it'll be positive for the most part over the next decade or two. Where it's going to kill us is it's uh, is in the early phases of. of <laughs> is that where of, you've landed? By the way, you're uh, landing you on it will Do you mean physically kill or yeah. kill yeah. the economy? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave that open up to interpretation. Got you know? it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but is is in is in the is in the raw is in the raw things like <clears throat> the raw products like education um, mm-hmm. is I think where it's, is is going to be the first place that we're just going to be like wow this is really gonna make major shifts in
0: how we even smarter than a teacher
2: and just kids using it to to just hack the system well they're and, already doing and, that
0: now yeah right? exactly like, it's, yeah, it's
2: yeah yeah it, it, and it's 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 that generation. I was reading I was reading we're
1: regressing yeah. right the high school yeah. teachers today are forcing students to turn in handwritten uh, papers yeah. instead of typed papers because that's the only way they could know. For well, sure. not really.
2: You can just hand write down what the chat GPT says. Over yeah, like, yeah, but at least you got to write yeah. it down. <laughs> right, right.
1: At
2: least you're doing. A, you're you're learning how to write in a pencil, right, or
1: whatever. So but uh, I yeah. I I've listened to and read a fair bit. Not as much as you, uh, and I do think that a lot of this, you know, things get hyped. I, you know, the metaverse was supposed mm-hmm. to be maybe that was the wave, maybe there might've been one in between. There's these waves that roll through, right? That Mm -hmm. this is gonna be the next big thing. I do happen to agree with you that this one is most likely to be a thing compared to, I don't know, the last two that I remember were Bitcoin and Metaverse, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, understand the logic of both of those two things, both of those two things could become Mm -hmm. some sort of thing. I think this is most likely, but it is still, can i push back or maybe steel man the other side of the argument how can you say it's a year away from being impactful when it can't really today if i had it right property descriptions it would get it wrong like it 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 still requires me to edit it and change it because it's Mm -hmm. reading the photo the photo has a hot tub maybe it's a bigger hot tub than normal so it calls it a pool like i can't just say that's my the, house by the way yeah write the property <laughs> description yeah. yeah i was james like i has, really do want a pool uh, though james yeah. has a big hot tub on yeah. stay tuned for our next podcast yeah. we'll be yeah, talking that's about it weird but uh like so it still needs us to fact check it right it gets uh, it does often get things wrong or right. miss the nuance that Human beings can bring to a party. It
2: definitely, it definitely has that uh, last mile problem that mm-hmm. humans can adjust in order to make it, you know, human readable on the other side. However, I mean, there's two things that have occurred, and just in the last, you know, month that I think are important to note that the ChatGPT, as it stands, is really kind of a closed system. Uh, yeah. they, they scraped mm-hmm. you know, the best of the best of the internet, but for the most part, it doesn't allow for real time access. That's changing now with all these new products that are built on top of it. Right. It's being open to. So, for example, like we have. You know, our business from a real estate data analysis perspective, like we have access to all these properties across the country Mm and all these things. But, you know, ChatGPT does not like it doesn't have access to that database. But once we start embracing it and once we unload it and we start training the model against that database um, and we will be doing that, we're doing that now. Um, I guess let me give you
1: one more use case because this is just the one that's in my brain when I mm -hmm. when I think about it, when I'm creating white space to think. I think it'd be really easy. And if you want to fund this, that'd be cool. Uh, I think it'd be really easy to write to use ChatGPT or whoever to create a question and answer doc for uh, every real estate purchase agreement across the U.S. Right, one mm-hmm. for each state. Very common questions, mm-hmm. you know, how to, how are contingencies removed? What's a loan? Yep. Conti- the common questions of a real estate purchase agreement. Very easy, in my easy. opinion, mm-hmm. for ChatGPT or Whatever. It just needs to be fed into the system. Correct. Like we did, yeah, that's no. But is. what's yeah. hard though in that same so you think offer writing process very easy, question and answer definitions, clear parameters. It's the details. Uh, helping a buyer determine what price to write in terms. In terms, right? Like because oftentimes in a hyper competitive market, I know I've sat with buyers who've said, "I, I just uh, tell me the number. I don't want to lose the house." Right mm-hmm. now, that's that's not. We got to gotta take them through a process for that, right? I'd ask, right. what number are you comfortable losing the home? That's the top end. We want to get it for mm-hmm. as below before that as possible. And then they'll say, you know, just pick a number since people from all over the country be listening. $350,000. Mm-hmm. that would be great. So if someone wrote it 351000 and they got the house, you'd be like, good, that's yours. I didn't want it that bad anyway. They're mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know about that. And then we have to have that conversation, right? And then I'm like, okay, well, good news is I think you could get it for less than that. The, the comps don't show that. There's five offers, not 55 offers, I don't think you know, we don't think we have to go that high, but, and then you take them through this iter- iterative process. I, I feel like chat GPT can answer the questions about the purchase agreement very easily, but they're a long way away. It's a long way away from being able to help a human determine price. Am I wrong? Um, Well, just to give this you kind a, of an This I, is going to be a long yes audience. He's about to say yes, but in a long way. Well, go ahead.
2: I, will, I will answer your, I, will, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I'll give you the answer. What do you think? And, yeah, I'll give you an answer in, in the sense of where we are in the technology at the core. Okay, okay. so to this last um, year, mm-hmm. uh, we have a supercomputer finally that's as powerful um, as one human brain. So that was predicted to be happen around twenty twenty three, and it happened um, about ten years ago as a mouse, and now it's now it's a human brain, which is you know it's it's estimated yeah. it's a certain amount. It's like five hundred million petaflops or whatever the whatever the and it, it's pretty impressive. Now, now I gotta 20, go Google a new word. What, what was that word? I had no idea what, what was word that. Word? that oh, was pet, petaflops. Said. It's just like okay. that's how you that's how you kind of measure. It was exaflops and petaflops, and there's you know, it's just like this mathematical term, basically saying how many how many times can you um, execute a transaction? Like it's like uh, neurons okay. connecting. Okay. It, okay. It, the equivalent yeah. would be like neurons yeah. connecting. The All human right. brain's super powerful, yeah. um, and and it's hard to measure, but they, they estimate it to be that. So we just kind of hit that huge milestone by 2050. We will have a supercomputer, um, um, and, of course, it's you know it's a bunch of different computers, it's not just one big box that's sitting in a warehouse in, in Nebraska, but uh, that surpasses all human brains combined. So that's in, uh, you know, 20, <laughs> is, That's
0: the Elon Musk, we're all dead conversation. Years. <laughs> so asked, yeah, we're less than a couple
2: decades away from having a, a computer that's more powerful than all of the human brains in the world. Now... To take a step back from that that's where we call this we call this point and 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 computer Who's scientists we? <laughs> well computer scientists and 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 quote-unquote like self-proclaimed philosophers talk talk about this point it's called singularity which you've yeah. probably heard about yeah, it sure. and that's that's the point where we stop understanding and we can't uh understand what this computer is doing
1: anymore. right it's smarter, and than it's us already
2: it's, yeah. it's 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 so bad it's so far beyond us that we don't even know we can't even we can't even predict what it could possibly do. So sure. to your point, yes, I mean, I think when I say uh, the the scenario that you painted, I think is scarily simple. And I know that we put a lot of equity in that because we've probably made it more mm. complicated than it needs to be mm. as humans. Mm-hmm. And we're not even thinking about the other side of the of the equation, where if right. you put that into a program, like a, an AI based software, it would probably come up with some Novel idea or reasoning mm-hmm. uh, or or process that would be highly adopted and probably surpass or, or supplant what you're talking about. Now, there is that gap, that chasm that's going to happen sure. that humans will lever this technology to be smarter and more efficient, but that will also lead us rapidly toward this machine learning algorithm to go, oh, I think I got it now, guys. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I know I'll that take you guys, it from here. I'll yeah, take I think it from you guys, here, smarty yeah, pants. Yeah, you thought, it was, you <laughs> thought you guys were like really. Crafty mm-hmm. and smart, but you know, I think I got it. I think after after seeing a hundred thousand agents do, you know, a million transactions, mm-hmm. I think I've got the statistical lever here to say, mm-hmm. all right, I think I got this, right? Within a margin yeah. of error. That's yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's that's what people are scared of, is that yeah. we're not just learning, it's not just learning, it's not just replacing us in with this other. Tech, it's mm. learning from us that's right. the difference right. well like, if you're applying yeah. that
0: logic to real estate you could apply that logic to almost anything yeah mm-hmm. banking finance all the mm-hmm. way across the board so if we teach applying, it whatever. if we
2: teach it it will learn so, yeah. so
0: we should unhook them so uh, that's yeah ba- <laughs> I mean that's
2: that's the, that's the that's actually right now the 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 letter that's going around and being signed being by everybody's like
0: facetious all right, we, and of sort s- of serious yeah yeah. No,
1: but it's going around. They are talking about yeah. it. No, yeah, I know. Should it's we, should let, do we let the genie out of the bottle? I got mm. 22 years to get rich, retire and get off the planet. That's what I heard Rich say. I yeah. got 22 years to figure it out.
2: Or just yeah, or just to come to the AI uh, you know, master yeah, lord yeah. and
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just yeah. Well, all I know, Rich, is it's it's uh it's it's in the afternoon here. It is not five, but I definitely feel like grabbing a bourbon. So yeah. Uh, yeah. after yeah. that yeah. conversation. Yeah. Rich, uh, honestly, it was awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, I'll we'll have you back. I learned a lot. I just what's the word again you used? It was pet of, pet of Petaflop. Petaflop. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, look Google that up. It. Yeah, yeah um, I will. <laughs> I, I, I'm to. not kidding. Keith and I will actually go Google that. Um, that was really fascinating. But I guess just to leave the listeners and viewers, essentially, it's it's really about if you're going to do online lead gen, you got to focus on it. You got to mm-hmm. make sure you're doing it right. You got to be quick. You got to follow up, have an understanding of it. Um, and I think he's kind of saying is we've got 22 years to still stay at the center of the <laughs> transaction. <laughs> <laughs> so That's what Rich said. Rich mm. said they're running everything in 22 years. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, being we, here. Uh, we really appreciate you being here. Rich. Yeah, no, it's so. a
2: pleasure guys. It's always fun talking about, you know, the end of days, but the also end of the, the world. We'll have you back <laughs> soon when we need to get depressed. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. If you guys want to yeah. have like another, you know, yeah. I'll,
0: I'm like, going to do it over a cocktail. That's that time. <laughs> facts. Yeah. Facts. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks Rich. Thanks appreciate Rich. It. Absolutely guys. Thanks for having me. You don't want to let Keith down. Do you hit subscribe? And not only will you never miss an episode of this podcast, but you'll also never make Keith sad. He's easily entertained.